Hi, I'm Sam Barclay. Welcome to the Hidden Japan podcast. On today's episode, we have Roger Utembogart, a man who lives in the mountains of rural Kochi Prefecture, a man who's dedicated his life to the art of Japanese papermaking, and a man whose passion for his craft is only matched by his desire to push the art form forward in order to innovate, teach, and preserve. I hope you'll agree it's a fascinating journey into traditional culture and what that traditional culture can offer us today. And just before we jump into today's story, I'd like to mention our sponsor, Hidden Japan Travel. Hidden Japan Travel provide private tours, outdoor adventures, and cultural experiences on and around Shikoku. From cooking with locals and cycling to volcanoes, to wild camping and sea kayaking. They've got loads of one-day and multi-day options for you to leave Tokyo and Kyoto behind, to explore Shikoku, and to truly see Japan differently. You can see more on their website, hiddenjapantravel.com. Okay, so let's crack on with today's instalment of the Hidden Japan podcast. Uh, Good afternoon, Roche. Welcome to the Hidden Japan podcast. So could we start with you, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what Washi is? Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Uh, Thank thank you for having me. It's uh, a pleasure to... uh... It's always wonderful to talk about the washi culture <laughs> and uh, paper making. So yeah, I'm very glad. Thank you. So w- what is washi for those people who don't know? Yeah, uh, washi. I mean, the, the word washi is, is Japanese paper. It's very simple. That's the, the simple explanation. Act- actually, they start, it's a quite a new word. And uh, maybe the end of the Edo period when uh, foreign, foreign uh, new techniques of paper making entered the country. In the Meiji period, in the, in the new era, and uh, then they said, "Okay, they only had washi, so almost only washi, so they didn't have actually a name for it, so but they called it washi, ah. uh, Japanese made paper made in Japan, something like that." So, okay, so they had to change the name to accommodate the new paper that came in to differentiate yeah. it from that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. And so, so that's a bit about washi. Could you tell us a bit about you as well, your your background and and where you are, what you, what it, what you do. Uh, It's already 40 years ago when I moved to Japan and um, I I was learning bookbinding, hand bookbinding in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and maybe for about one year and uh, went to art school, had some uh, technical design printing education, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was interested in paper and making things and uh, so one day... uh, I was looking for a piece of paper uh, to make a book, and and I found a very strange piece of uh, maybe yeah a4 sh- sheet under 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 all the all the all the different kind of papers there, and I, and I picked it up and I said, wow, what is this? I've never seen something like this, and I, I hold it to the light, and then I said, wow, this this is incredible. Uh, it's so different from the Western the machine. Of course, the machine made paper is not different but the handmade paper too so it was very beautiful very beautiful and um, especially with the light through it what i found very very exciting 
was that you could see some of the material, some from fiber or something. I, I, I didn't realize that there were many things in there. You could see maybe some cloudy things or some you can, could imagine some maybe dragons floating in the air or so, something like that. And you cannot see that in, in the handmade paper, the Western handmade paper. So I started the research and looking for information. I couldn't find almost anything. Maybe I didn't look very well. <laughs> look very well. well this is before know. Google. It's before all these things, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. Now, nowadays, you, you don't have to go anymore to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so the only way to know more about it was just to, to go to Japan and have a look there. So, and that's what I did. And uh, 40 years passed by. Fantastic. And now you've ended up in Kochi Prefecture. In Kochi Prefecture, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so for those people um, who maybe don't know about washi, what's the, what are the main differences between washi and the, the kind of paper that most people would know? Well, washi is, is what most, most people who know a little bit about washi, they, they know it's very thin and very strong mm. compared to the Western uh, handmade papers that are a little more thick. Okay. And th that's the technique. And it's also the, f the, the material they use. So mm -hmm. in the West, they use uh, flag fibers or uh, in the past it was uh, uh, recycled old uh, rags actually and uh, so a, a kind of waste material later waste material from the industry and in japan they are growing that in in the mountains it's it's a it's, it's a, a, a best fiber it's a plant fiber directly from nature and in the west it's more kind of waste products from the industry so th that's a very big difference. That's fascinating. So I guess that takes us on to the, the process of, of washi making. So could you talk a little bit, a little bit about that and how, how washi is made? Um, basically, it's a, a material and you make a pulp from it and uh, you have a kind of screen and you put the pulp in a kind of vat, you call it, uh, like, like a bath, and uh, you scoop it up. And the water drains through the sieve and on the screen, you have a layer of pulp and you dry the pulp and that's, that's paper actually. So, but, but the technique they developed here, uh, they, they got the, the technique basically uh, 1500 years ago from China and it's closer here to China than Europe. <laughs> so in Japan, they started doing that uh, in, in the year 500, uh, ED and in, in the West, in, in it, Italy, Spain, and so on, uh, around the years 1000. So 500 years different difference between them. Okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so they developed the technique to make uh, thin paper. And if you have thin paper, you naturally you can make more things with it. So a lot of people know about, uh, that was in the past, uh, export uh, thing, uh, the vans and the umbrellas. Mm. Uh, if you have very thick, heavy paper, I mean, if you put it on an umbrella, the umbrella is very heavy. So so they started to make kimonos with the paper. They had paper. They were in, in the, in, in 1000 years ago, they were, it was very fashionable to wear uh, for, for the upper class to wear paper, nice printed paper, kimonos, things like that. Wow. Also more kind of uh, Zen feeling uh, paper kimonos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, so so many many things, balloons, art papers, of course, the the, the print papers of the hokusai papers mm. and, and the painting and everything, printing. So 
not the difference is no paper only for art to use, but also using in daily life. And what is very what was very special for me that they were really using it much more than in the West in, in the houses, like the sliding doors and things like that. So the Japanese were surrounded in the past by wood structures, clay walls, and paper. Those three materials. So yeah, it, it influenced mm. the Japanese mind. I don't know if that's a little bit too overdone, but that that's how it changed and continued uh, in, in the 1500 years they are doing it. So, so there are one, they say there are 1,000 varieties or something like that. So, and we are adding, adding, adding more. So, oh wow, that's fantastic. That's so fascinating. I had no idea that it it kind of underpinned a lot of the 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 kind of cultural artifacts that I'm familiar mm. with. So, kimono or Japanese fans or the sliding doors, all of those have in common um, washi, which is something I had no idea about. But correct me if I'm wrong that making washi is quite time consuming yeah very much yeah so so why go to all that trouble uh so so first maybe i have to explain there's there's a little bit uh a difference between uh let's say traditional washi and washi and a kind of more modern way of washi so in the past they were it was more for buddhist writings or uh, the ladies of the court who were <laughs> bored and were making drawings and, and haikus and things like that. So they, they used to pay for that. So late, later on, uh, they started uh, in the middle of the, the Edo period, they started to uh, produce. They needed to produce more. They wanted to produce more for, for the common people so that they could use them too. So it mm -hmm. became more and more and more really a, 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 a production uh, material so mm. and then later later on they had to compete with the industrial papers and then they started using chemicals and machines and things like that so well the, the, that that was just that they had what they had to do of course to survive but uh, the quality went a little bit down so when we talk about washi we are making a kind of um, kind of traditional washi, maybe go back to the, the end of the Edo period or something like that. So, so when you work traditional, you are very, very much connected with nature. And that's one of the things that I really love. Well, art and crafts are most of them, the traditional ones are, there's a connection with nature, but uh, in, in, the, in the washi production process, all the time you are have to think about the weather or the climate or or things like that. So th that's one of the reasons you keep on exploring this connection and how it connects and what kind of influences it has. And uh, so so if you compare it to if you make it more with chemicals and machines, you can just go inside your workshop and you don't mind if it rains or not. I mean, it's it becomes a kind of industry thing. So then the connection, there's there still, but the real, like like we have in the Japan, the, the, the way of uh, the tea, the way of the thing, it, it mm. becomes more like that. So you have to really connect with nature and to make a good piece that lasts for 1500 years. Mm. I mean, so it, it's very, it, the paper is important, but to, to work uh, in a sustainable way. Mm. And it's not any more traditional. It's, it's so timely now with so many products, so many things around. Mm. And to make uh, a very a gentle, good, uh, sustainable, uh, not polluting, 
long-lasting product. I mean, and, and one more thing is that you have to cultivate, we cultivate 99% of our own fiber. And that's a big thing. Wow. That's amazing. So it sounds to me like you're, you're interested both in the products, but also the the process yes. is really important. So yeah. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, no, no. That That's maybe, in the end, the process is, yeah, if we don't have paper, I mean, we cannot make a living, maybe. <laughs> but we, we need the paper to uh, to sell. But uh, for the people who come to study here, the people who come here to work with us, they are interested in that too. They, mm. they are not only come here to make money or something or to make paper only mm. are in, in the whole uh, maybe not holistic i don't know holistic thing the whole yeah the, the, yeah. the way of ma- paper making maybe maybe someday they will call it like that yeah yeah so i guess that takes us on to this idea of tradition and um you talked about washi the traditional um types of washi and this other the the other way that making washi has developed over the years so what's your view of, of tradition and protecting tradition? Yeah, it's easy to say. I mean, it's very important to preserve <laughs> these things. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I think that if, if that disappears, only if there remain two or three papermakers in Japan that will work really as, as traditional as possible. Uh, then future generation i mean they can if if they start uh thinking about or trying to solve problems nowadays with all all the materials all all the climate problems all the health problems if if they find to try to find clues to, to to resolve those things then i think that all those traditional things will maybe give some inspiration Mm. And people, so people can go back, not only the paper makers, probably people who wants to start, if you want to start uh, traditional paper making and no one is doing it. I mean, yeah, you can, you can start studying and you can try your own way, of course, but, but it would, it would be nice if there are maybe only two or three or 10, maybe better 100 to who are do still practicing uh, the craft like that. So that, that's, it's very important to, to, to have people who are really doing it and not only writing about the person so to, to preserve it and for let a little bit over that for, for 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 this community maybe or for this prefecture or for japan or for the world it, it's it's good to to have places where you can go back and then start maybe slowly slowly from that again and and re- try to rethink and reprogram your your mind or something like that so yeah, and do you feel there's is there a lot of interest in in preserving the, the tradition of washi? Well, yeah, yeah, maybe people don't know. Also, Japanese, they that that's a little bit little bit a, a problem. I mean, it's of course they don't know. It com- almost completely disappeared. Real real washi disappeared. Uh, you can buy 100 yen washi. They write on it washi, uh, but it's not a real washi. It, it it's good. It's good. If 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 you mm-hmm. cannot pay fifty dollars, then maybe uh, one dollar, then you can start with that. Sure. But uh, but it's it's very difficult because people don't don't have how do you say a reference. I mean, they they don't know where to start. So that's mm-hmm. why we started fifteen years ago this year, Kamikoya, and started uh, to to run workshops here. So because if people don't know, okay. As a paper workshop 
we, we, the one thing we can do is start teaching people again. <laughs> and so have them experience it. And so we have a kind of two hour, kind of touristic um, workshop here. Uh, and also they're really in-depth workshops for several days. People come here from abroad, especially to learn the craft in this environment, experience this. Uh, it is really quite, quite in the mountains here. So it's really in the past, probably in a place like this, the whole, the whole thing, the whole washi making culture started because the plants mm. are in the mountains and the field and, and, and the farmers can grow it, something like that. So, so pe people are interested, especially uh, in general, the people who come to mm. stay here at our accommodation, um, they are most of them, they're, they're young, younger people also. They, they are very much interested in, uh, the culture but but it's not not so much anymore but it, it's growing i think yes i mean that's fantastic to hear and what a, I mean, what a great thing to do as well i mean it sounds to me that washi to you is more than or making washi is is more than just a job is, is that right yeah yeah certainly certainly yeah yeah when i saw for the first time the washi in in, in the netherlands i, I didn't re i thought this is very this is i i can't believe it but what is this i didn't know completely i i couldn't uh but it was very strange and it uh i i, I really loved it instantly but i didn't know that it was so how you say that kind of deep thing there uh the connection with nature and and so on so uh, after 40 years now working uh making uh paper um the things we do is changing all the time. So it 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 kind of uh, I, I'm not sure deeper or something, but it's changing and uh, it allows me and and my family to to explore new ways to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. So recently we started to make art, more art than before, and uh, so probably un until until the end of the second world war it was really or a, a little bit longer maybe until the mm -hmm. 70s or so it was really a product mm. and it was a product for 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 1000 years or more a product that helped people to to get have an easier life or something they, they made mm. raincoats i mean before they didn't have they made raincoats of paper so uh, so you didn't become wet something like that so yeah. um but nowadays, it's it's people don't use it anymore. So it it changed to an, a more a medium for expressing uh, the beauty of nature, maybe, or the interaction of people and nature, and uh, mm. how we connect with nature. So uh, so we, we there's a kind of we we have to be very a kind of serious about it so if we don't do it well mm. people will not even if they don't know how we do it most people don't know how we do it mm. so but if they have that piece in their place maybe it's only a small piece of white white paper maybe, or or it's a kind of art then maybe we have a kind of responsibility to to because it's yeah you can watch it but it's, it's kind of it, it, in a way they used the washi in the past it's kind of use useless <laughs> i mean uh so uh 
So we have a responsibility to do it very well and 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 say that with care and gentle and with love, but we have to work hard. Things like that, the whole whole thing, the whole world that goes around, we have to do it very well to make it a, a good thing. Yeah. So we, we think there is a kind of message in this. Mm. And uh, Washi is, 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 is not shouting from the roofs. <laughs> it's <laughs> very small thing they are whispering or something so so uh so people who have are able to listen to that i mean yeah. uh, they, they can hear something they can feel something they can oh can be inspired by it so so we have to be very so th that's that's why we continue and to find new ways and new new ways to to let washi be again a part of daily life in japan so yeah th that keeps us go going probably that we find something new to do that's absolutely fascinating yeah. it's it sounds to me like um knowing a bit about how washi's made and knowing about your passion for for washi and other washi makers their passions as well it gives the the product more meaning if it makes it you're not just looking at a piece of paper you're looking at a piece of paper that represents cultural heritage that represents thousands of years of history and that represents people's dreams and aspirations of continuing on that that's right yeah that very true that that very long legacy is, is that the case yeah that, that's uh yeah very well put um it, it's there's so much information mm. in there so so ba basically uh, a, a paper maker, a good paper, maybe a good craftsman, but in, in, in the case of paper, the paper maker has to, that, that's something uh, a living national treasure, uh, mm. paper maker said. So a paper maker has to show the material in, his, in, in its best condition. Mm. That's, that's the work of a paper maker. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Not that he is the paper maker. Uh, his technique of will help to show how beautiful how amazing the fibers or the plants are so we we, we maybe go we we want to add a little bit now <laughs> and uh, so we want to as you said the, the whole all the information that is in there the growing the plants in the 1500 years and and, and the struggle mm. they had and how they could manage to continue for 1500 years i mean that's all in there so our responsibility is to try to show that and not interfere something with that not not to block some something some so that's and one more thing i would like to say that uh, mm. we ourselves learn so much from this mm. yeah to live in a community like this we, my wife also just come from from the, from the big cities uh, how to communicate with people here how to uh, communicate with nature, how to work in nature, how to th think like that, and uh, to be uh, not become any more frustrated when it rains, when you desperately have to dry your paper that day, or something like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we dry it outside, things like that. So well, we learned a lot, I think, and and that's maybe the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did you choose Kochi when you when you were looking for someone? Oh to yeah, out that, that's a very, very good question. Uh, uh, Kochi is at the moment uh, the, the the biggest uh, fiber production. Mm. There are uh, 
two main, it's Mitsumata, that's a little bit difficult to understand maybe, but the other one is uh, the Japanese paper Mulberry. Okay. So the Mulberry, and we use the bark. Huh? So um, so it, it's the number one production area. So so when I arrived in Japan and visited quite, quite a lot of paper places around Japan, and then when they told me, uh, decided to, to study more, uh, they, they said, yeah, maybe you should grow the paper plants first. You don't know anything. You don't know anything about the Japanese culture. You don't speak it, you do nothing. <laughs> so maybe it's good to start growing paper plants and then you will little by little uh, from time to time, you, you, you will learn about mm -hmm. it in deeply. So that's what we did. So, so it, it was not so, uh, uh, it was quite obvious to just start and, and the, the, the culture, the, the climate, the mountains, the ocean, the whales, the, the rivers, mm. it's, it's amazing here. And, yeah. uh, so, so we, we started, uh, started here that. and, 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 uh, the, the paper production. The, actually, the paper makers, uh, if you look at that, uh, it's, it's at the moment, it's the second in Japan. So the, the, the okay, first, Kochi. yeah, Kochi, it's yeah. the second, second biggest place. Mm. So it's, it's really um, past innovations they did uh, in the technique of making the paper. Most of them and tools making, most of them uh, happened here in Kochi. It's, it's, it's not the most famous place, but it's the, maybe the most important place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they did a lot, a lot, yeah. And it's very basic oh. here because it's far away from the uh, cultural centers like Kyoto, Tokyo. So it's very mm -hmm. basic here. It's paper makers, it's the mountains where the fiber are, and it's the, the Shimanto River. It's one of the most uh, beautiful, the Nyodo River, Shimanto River, the mm -hmm. most, most one of the most beautiful rivers in Japan. So we have the water, the mountains, and the people, and that's it. <laughs> so Fantastic. it's a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, you have everything you need to physically make the paper, but also, I suppose, in terms of inspiration, inspiration. and being close yes. to nature, it's also really, it's a really good place yeah, to be. It's very, and we love it to be in nature. Yes, I have to say that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You we were talking before about um, the role that washi has in kind of communicating that legacy to um to japanese people and to people all mm. around the world and i it's something that i wasn't aware of that and maybe i hadn't thought about before that actually these cultural artifacts also have a teaching function mm -hmm. but i wonder how what you think about how we can communicate that legacy in a very in a way that is easy for people to understand that people want to engage with it and uh, and is and is meaningful and and, and effective one thing, because people don't have a chance to see any of it, so you have to mm. make products, maybe. Uh, one way to do it is products to, uh, that people can buy or use, a thing like that. And um, so we uh, collaborated, uh, for example, with one very interesting thing, um, that a, a quite famous architect used uh, in his building of a restaurant of one of the most famous French Japanese chefs. So we made them washi. This fantastic. And it 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 looks like stone. Mm. The appearance is like stone, 
but uh, it's washy. So people, we, we hope, we like to, we hope we can uh, su surprise people. Mm -hmm. Say, wow, what is this? It <laughs> looks like very heavy stone, but it's so light or something like that. So people get interested, uh, be surprised and uh, get interested. And so I think that's one way to get mm -hmm. people again interested in this. And not the old white sheet. I mean, that that's that's at, at the top of the pyramid. Pyramid. Mm -hmm. pyramid. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, people cannot see the difference between the most sure. perfect white sheet and a, and a machine-made one. So mm -hmm. you cannot see the difference. So we try to, to make something completely new that nobody has seen before. So I think that's one way to get people interested absolutely so it sounds like oh, yeah that's that yeah. kind of that's the kind of hook isn't it you need to get people interested and then hopefully they explore they explore more by themselves or they yeah, themselves. yeah. they can continue their right. journey that's great right. yeah. i mean talking about that what what do you think let's think about the future so what what do you think the future holds for washi it, it, it's very difficult uh yeah actually the the paper makers mm. uh there's the, the problem of the, the the old age i mean um there, there are younger and that's very nice there are young people who starting the craft and Fantastic. yeah and and a, a lot of them have a kind of art education background things like that of or a, a business a local business uh mm. study background or so so and they start as we did 40 years ago from the beginning. They want to learn the basics first. So that, that's very nice, very nice. And uh, yeah, the tool makers, they're only, we have at the moment, uh, maybe about 150, mm. several generations, uh, how do you say that? Several generations paper maker uh, families. 150, oh, wow. okay. that, that's more than Europe together with East Europe and then and, and all together uh, maybe including America if you if you count the many generations mm. yeah the new artistic paper makers there there are not so many as in Europe and the US the, okay. it's, it, you cannot compare it there's a kind of heavy thing of the history and culture on the shoulders of the P5 field <laughs> <laughs> it, it has to be one it has to last to last one one thousand years or something. I mean, something like that still uh, is there. But um, yeah, so uh, the paper makers in decline, the tool makers. When I came to Japan, there were six hundred. Now there are one hundred fifty. So it's in decline, decline. So that's a problem. There are only two or three tool makers, and that's not enough. Less and less people who cultivate the fiber in the mountains. Uh, the average age is maybe eighty years old. So how long will they continue? So the big, 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 big problem. Yeah. So we think, I mean, uh, uh, there are some institutions who are, are trying their best to, to do something about it. And, and I hope they, they can succeed. But maybe paper will become less and less and less, less a product as in the past. Mm. It will become more a thing that inspire people. Mm. So then more and more younger people have a chance then too. Because to, to become a really a production paper maker, I mean, it takes, well, well maybe five, five years, 10 years to make something mm. you can sell to 
the Rembrandt Museum or the London Gallery or, or something. I mean, it, it, takes, cool. it, it takes a while. Of course, yeah. Yeah, uh, just uh, uh, an envelope and a, a writing paper or something that that's okay but mm. for the really high quality thing it, it takes a while a lot of people unfortunately because of the big problems we face at the moment mm. are interesting in in things like that that maybe give them some hope or inspiration or ideas or some uh, relaxing feeling or yeah. I think it's it's maybe in, in, in the future more and more people will recognize the power of mm. this and uh, start to using for that yeah well Roger thank you so much uh, for talking today that was a really fascinating um, introduction to Ashi and, and a view on, on on your life over in Kochi Prefecture as well so thank you so much thank you my pleasure really I enjoyed it Thank you. Well, that was fascinating. It reminded me of the Japanese term okubukai, that there's a lot of depth behind something that seems very simple on the surface. And it's only when you talk to an expert that you realise just how much there is to understand about something like papermaking or other traditional art forms. For me, I mean, in addition to his, his passion, which just shone through, the main takeaways were that, yet yeah, preserving culture, and traditional culture in particular, is very important. But it's not just preserving traditional arts for the sake of it, even though that is, of course, important. It's because these traditional arts still impact our life today and they might impact our future. And they also might offer solutions to some of the, the problems, the new problems that we're, ex we're experiencing today and we're likely to experience in the future. And it's these traditional art forms that actually might offer us solutions to those problems. Another of my main takeaways was that we often just see the product and it's very easy to just look at the products, whether it's a piece of art on the wall, whether it's a piece of music um, or whether it's a, a piece of paper. But actually understanding the process and understanding the history of that craft, of that art form, allows us to have much, a much deeper understanding um, of the, the thing we're looking at or the piece we're listening to or the thing we're tasting. And finally, it reminded me of the importance of community. Often we think of craftspeople or the um, artists as individuals, but actually but that discussion showed me the importance of community from the tool builders to the farmers to the people who pass on knowledge to those who want to learn knowledge to those of us who look at and appreciate and buy the products we all have a part to play i mean it's certainly going to make me look at wasi in a different light so i hope you enjoyed that and i and i hope you got a lot out of it i also hope you can join us here next time on the hidden japan podcast and while we're talking about hidden japan um, I need to mention our sponsor once more, Hidden Japan Travel. Please make sure you check out their website for interesting ways to see Japan differently and to truly explore Shikoku. Remember their website is hiddenjapantravel.com. If you could subscribe to this podcast, it would be great. If you could tell your friends about it, if you could leave us a comment, we'd be over the moon. As a new podcast, your feedback, your support means the world to us. 
yeah so please let us know what you think and of course join us next next time for another episode of the hidden japan podcast domo arigatouzaimashita